Welcome to Last Week in Gaming, where we talk about games we ran or played last week. I'm your host, Matt J. Let's get started. Last Week in Gaming and the Diceology Podcast and the 211 Show are made possible by listeners like you. Support my dream hustle at patreon.com, MadJ0, all letters. Let's make this our regular thing. Let's start with Champions Now, and I've been playing a lot of that here recently. I'm recording two separate shows for the Diceology Podcast. One is Reddit Capital Cryptids. We are six sessions in out of seven. Uh, And this is the start of my run of superhero games on the Diceology Podcast. I'm starting with Champions Now. Uh, City of Mist and Villains and Vigilantes are in the queue. And I think uh, I've got a crew to play, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, on actual play uh, on Twitch. So we'll see how that goes. Catching up with Reddit capital cryptids the two setting sentences are powers are wondrous and seductive they will get you killed two handling supernatural problems in dc we have uh, father martin a uh, exiled ousted priest hunted by the catholic church uh, with warding and negation type powers raul rivera who is a shape-changing cryptid anita black a necromancer in a world where necromancers are for hire. Our last two sessions find Anita, Raul, and Father Martin doing a lot of legwork, trying to discover who the old man in the video footage from the museum heist is. And where's the artifact that was stolen? As it turns out, Michael, Father Martin's brother, has the artifact. It's an Ankh. And the old man is some kind of ancient sorcerer named Asim. The bonus find of the game is that all the heist planning was done using a brand new app called Seabin for crime gigs. Big hat tip to Whitney Delaglio and her Kickstarter, The Old, The Cold, and The Bold. Check it out. It has funded already. I've, uh, I was a playtester in that game. It was a lot of fun. So it was, it was neat to kind of name drop the Seabin app in our game while we were playing. Later, Father Martin and Raul visit an old occult acquaintance, Papa Ram, to get his thoughts and opinions on this Ankh artifact. That meeting is interrupted by a murder of crows trying to snatch this Ankh from Father Martin and a giant fire-breathing Tingu with a spear. They give Raul and Father Martin a run for their money, uh, but ultimately, uh, Father Martin's able to hang on and keep the Ankh. Next week is the finale. We'll see all that where all this goes. I, I uh, as of yet, have no idea. My second champion's game, Jolt. Setting sentences are superpowers give you an edge, but in the end, big business trumps. Gigging and scratching in Jacksonville while a criminal organization rises. Nathan used to be Jolt, a big-time superpower spokesperson for Jolt Cola. And it turns out Jolt Cola had a lineup, a spokesperson for every one of the flavors. Orange Blast, Red Eye, Cherry Bomb, White Lightning, Citrus Climax. Fast forward, Nathan is now in his 50s with a kid and a wife, bills, uh, and no real job. He's running multiple gigs. 
uh, along with his wife working to make ends meet. He's just trying to catch a break somewhere. Anywhere. Our last two sessions, we find Nathan interviewing for the super spokesmodel position at DoorDash, but he gets an emergency text from his wife, and he has to leave that interview abruptly. It turns out 3Pain, a witness protection assassin, has made a house call looking for Sarah, Nathan's wife. Later, Nathan and Obi discusses Obi's debt to Red Eye. Uh, Obi failed to complete a wet works job, uh, but he found a secret lab while not doing that job. Next, Nathan and Obi go to check out that secret lab with a little help from Cherry Bomb, Forbes CEO of the year and former Jolt Cola spokesperson. But they don't like what they find in that lab. So what I think and what I've been doing for the Supers games is a lot of strong scene and situation framing, right? I say scenes, but when we're actually playing, I use comic book terms. So we're talking about pages, panels, covers, uh, splash pages, right? Uh, but there's some very strong framing going on. Um, I think your villains, your super villains, uh, your factions, they gotta have hard agendas. I use clocks and fronts to kind of pace those agendas. What I find is players will begin to lose momentum, uh, maybe even stall out in where they're going, what they want to do next. And I think in comic books, we see villains usually driving the action. They show up, they're, they're like agents of chaos, right? They show up, they wreck shit, uh, they get things moving, and the heroes are reactive to that. Up until the heroes decide to go on the offensive and beat the villain at their game, right? So I think in superhero games, when we're playing uh, as the facilitator, you should keep that in mind, is that the better the agendas are defined for your villains, when your players hit those stall spots, you're able to bring the action to them. I've done a lot of that in, in these two superhero games. And so that's a thing I'll keep in my tool belt. Moving on, next up is uh, Rollmaster 2, Oracle at Skaloo. Our questing heroes have made it to the Skaloo Peninsula where the Oracle resides. But they've discovered a mass of folks also waiting to see the Oracle at Skaloo. It turns out there's a crew of folks, uh, Tava and her crew, which are overseeing uh, visitations and payments for visitations to the Oracle. One of Tava's members is a rad, rather hulking figure, a rather hulking man named Brenner, who sports a shield and an ill-fitting helm that once belonged to a Deathless Regiment member. This detail is not lost on Daronel, who is likely the last of the Deathless. Our heroes pay for a place in the Oracle queue, but they also do some scouting of the cliff looking for another entrance into the temple, which they find. Uh, there's a cave tomb um, with a passage into the, the cliff and presumably the temple. But they, but Vanderjack inadvertently awakens the dead in that cave tomb when he snatches up treasures that are scattered on the floor of the tomb. We will play the finale of the Oracle at Skaloo in two weeks after the Easter holiday. 
Um, and I'll be sad when this game ends. Uh, I started it with the question, man, was Rollmaster all nostalgia for me in high school? Was there a game here, right? And uh, I think this archaeological gaming expedition yielded an answer, right? Um, there's a game here, right? Uh, it's solid. Um, it's crunchy, um, no doubt. But um, I think it's worthwhile, right? Uh, in here, we've discovered maybe the earliest uh, fingerprints of partial successes. Um, the phase combat system, I dig. I like it a lot. Uh, and you'll see some early fingerprints of Monty Cook uh, in Rollmaster. So that was fun. But for sure, there's game here. I would, I would continue to play this uh, for more sessions. Uh, I know it gets a bad rap for the charts. But I think today we know better. We distribute the work, right? In our current game, everyone is kind of responsible for their own weapons charts. And we kind of spread around some of the other charts uh, so that as we're having to look things up, uh, it's not all on. The work isn't all on one person. And it makes things roll a little faster. So I will miss this group for sure after our finale. But I'm inspired to pick up other older games of nostalgia to ask the same question. Is it is it all nostalgia in my memory or is it a fun game? And uh, I have no idea what game is next, but um, I'm inspired to do that. Twilight 2000 rolls on. We had a bye week. Um, we're playing out the winter season in the city of Roclaw. Uh, I spent some time in the past couple of weekends updating the Foundry VTT um, Free League has an incredible implementation for Twilight 2000 in Foundry that we use. Um, it's not perfect, uh, but it's pretty damn close, right? There's some hiccups and some things where I think there's too much detail, right? But overall, uh, I think it adds or enhances our game experience. And so we're digging using Foundry for this game. Um, we are transitioning from survival in the wastelands in the in the in the outlands of the south of the sandbox to moving our experience to the cities in the sandbox of twilight 2000 so there'll be some political stuff making friends with factions pissing off other factions i think high on the players list is tracking down uh the traitorous the traitorous thomas moore and getting their people back uh, but along the way, uh, we will be exploring the new material that's in the Urban Operations book and uh, playing through uh, city adventures in Twilight 2000. So stay tuned for more of that. I think uh, sandbox prep, and in particular Twilight 2000 game prep, uh, I find it easier uh, that might just be me, uh, but it's also different, right? In sandboxes, and again in T2K, um, between sessions, I'll generate stuff, right? Uh, and it's randomly generated, cards, dice, tables, whatever. And I think the work is drawing links, patterns, between these randomly generated items, right? And then fitting them into the fiction as it is uh, established uh, through the games you've been playing. 
Rollmaster, for example, though, uh, I, Jay, have to generate that material, right? Uh, whole cloth out of the fiction uh, as it is established, out of what the players have said they want to play, out of um, things on the character sheets. Uh, there isn't a random generator there, so the work is different. Um, for sure, I think I find once the stuff is generated, then I'm just iterating on making it fit, making links, drawing connections, stuff like that. So um, I don't think one is better than the other. Uh, one is certainly a little harder for me than the other, uh, but they're both two different kinds of lonely GM fun. And I kind of dig that, so. On the lifted front, I'm looking at artwork for the interior, uh, trying to figure out what that style is, what that looks like, what is, is. Um, and then I've been culling my garage uh, of printed comic books. I have a lot of digital comics, but I have a lot of printed comics I've been carrying for years, and it's time to cull that collection down. I ran across a series uh, called Deathmate. It's an image and valiant crossover that, uh, again, nostalgia. As a kid, I was amped about that series. I remember this vividly. Uh, I took the time to read through the series here recently, and I gotta say, I think it's just nostalgia. It didn't hold up for me, right? Uh, I was kind of sad because I wanted it to uh, still stick, and, and it doesn't today for me, so. Um, I'll probably talk more about that on Substack, but that's what I've been reading here lately. That's my last week in gaming. Let me know in the comments what you played last week and how that's going for you. That's my show. Thanks for listening. Send your comments, questions about this episode to me. I'm on Patreon at MadJZero, all letters, or send it to Twitter at GoDiceology. And you know, subscribe, rate, and like. Let's make this our regular thing.